Well, this morning I have the privilege again of standing before you as your pastor teacher. What a great privilege. And have a Bible between us. I only want to say this morning, as every time I get to preach, what God has first said in his word. And so we're going to look at a, a single verse this morning on the first day of a new year. And it's John 14, verse 1, that many of us are well acquainted with. John 14 and verse 1. In John 14, 1, the context here is that Jesus is in the upper room. He is observing the Passover feast, and uh, he is going to the cross. Very soon after this, he's going to leave the upper room, cross through the Kidron Valley on the east side of the ancient city of Jerusalem, and he's going to pray in Gethsemane. And so he's very near to being arrested, illegally tried in three trials, uh, condemned to death by Pilate, and then crucified for your sins and mine. That's the context. His disciples had been told all along that this was coming, that he was going to leave them, he was going to be killed, he was going to not be with them uh, perpetually. And either they didn't get it, or they didn't believe it, or they didn't want to believe it, they were in denial, but whatever the case might be, it was just dawning on them, it was just getting to their awareness that this was really going to happen. Uh, Jesus had said the one who... Uh, does a certain gesture during that Seder meal, that Passover they're observing, he's going to betray me, and Judas Iscariot went out, out of the room. They were getting the picture. Jesus was going to die. And they were troubled. And Jesus said to them back then, and Jesus says to this church today, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The sermon's title is Highway 2017, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. Change is not easy for most all of us, and today marks the beginning of quite possibly a lot of changes in this new year. This new year is largely unknown to us, and so we have a choice to make how we will handle that factor of the unknown. There's a good way to handle that, of course, and there's a bad way to handle the factor of the unknown in this next year. And realistically, I want to be totally realistic, there are probably a lot of things that might make any one of us troubled on January the 1st, 2017. An upcoming Bahamian election a new president in the United States, money problems, a medical diagnosis, crime, alcoholism, getting older and perhaps becoming more lonely, bereavement. There are many things that could cause any one of us to be troubled on this first day of the year. Money problems, the Chinese and other foreign countries wanting to steal our fish, Bahamar, unemployment, school pressures, drugs. There are a lot of things that might make us troubled this first day of 2017. Prodigal children, marital breakdowns, gangs, many things that could cause us to be troubled. 
broken family and all the issues that arise because of it. Tourist trends, primary industry of our great country, as you know, is tourism. Cuba is now open to Americans. There's maybe some reasons that we could be troubled. Instability in the Middle East. Bad guys and bad nations with the capability to use mass, uh, weapons of mass destruction. There's any number of things that could cause any one of us or all of us to be tempted to be troubled in heart. And maybe this morning you've come in and secretly and quietly you are troubled in your heart. Or perhaps you've come in this morning more open and vocal and you've told somebody already this morning that I'm troubled in my heart. There was a time as I started with when Jesus' first followers were troubled as they stood on the threshold of the unknown, on the threshold of things being bound to change, on the threshold of a very good reason to be fearful for their lives. It was just the time, as I said, before Jesus' crucifixion. Jesus had told them that he must die, but they were in denial or they had foggy understandings of that statement. And they were troubled, unsettled, edgy, worried, and less than thrilled about the future. If you're here this morning, dear friend, on the first day of a brand new year, troubled, then your Savior knows all about that. And he says to you this morning what he said to his men in the upper room those many years ago, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. The first point of two in this sermon is this. We have control as to whether or not we are troubled. We have control as to whether or not we are troubled. Jesus said, let not, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. It's a choice. It's a personal choice. It's not a choice that I can make for you as your pastor. It's not a choice that your mate can make for you. It's not a choice that your parents can make for you. It's not a choice that your friends can make for you. It is a personal, individual choice about whether you will let your heart be troubled or you won't. Someone has correctly said, it's not what happens to a person, it's how that person responds to what happens to them. Fanny Crosby could have been troubled. She was blinded by a doctor's error. But Fanny was better and not bitter. She didn't let her heart get troubled. She made the right choice. The believers in Holland during the time of Hitler and the Nazis could have been troubled. If they were found out hiding Jews, they could have been shot. But those believers hid the Jews anyway. Those believers didn't let their hearts be troubled. They made the courageous choice. The three refugee teenagers in Babylon named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have been troubled. They were going to be put into a furnace and scorched alive. But those young men 
refused to bow down to the golden image idol. Those believing Jews didn't let their hearts be troubled. They made the trust God for a miracle choice. Dwight L. Moody could have been troubled. He had little education, bad grammar, and a lot of critics. Yet he knew that God had called him to be a preacher and an evangelist. And Moody could have let his heart be troubled in that, but he didn't. Instead, he preached. And he powerfully and evangelistically preached eventually beyond Chicago to all around the world. And Moody came to have a mammoth and a very effective ministry. A Bible institute that still bears his name in Chicago. A seminary, a radio ministry that is strong in publishing of Christian materials that still is ongoing. A global reach. Moody didn't let his heart be troubled. He made the obedient choice. My brother or my sister in Jesus, don't let your heart be troubled this morning. Don't let your heart be troubled any day of 2017. Whatever you're facing, do not let your heart be troubled. Don't surround yourself with friends whose operation is to let their hearts be troubled chronically. Don't spend more time with CNN than you do with your Bible. Do not let your heart be troubled. You know, CNN, coming back to that, the Chicken, News, Chicken Noodle Network, Chicken Noodle Network can only trouble your heart. The Scriptures can comfort your heart. Brother or sister, don't let your heart be troubled. Make every effort to attend the 8 a.m. or the 11 a.m. worship services Sunday by Sunday. Make every effort to come to Sunday school. So many of you miss out on the heart-settling time of smaller community in Sunday school classes. I hope that will change this year. Sunday school is 9.30 to 10.30 every Sunday. I hope adults will bring their children to Sunday school. Children can't drive cars or ride jitneys. Please bring your children to Sunday school. Brother or sister, don't let your heart be troubled. If you don't already have one, make a daily appointment with your Lord for time in his word and for prayer. Whatever you do in 2017, don't let your heart be troubled. When talking about a daily appointment with the Lord, Think of your dentist. Do you have a dentist? If you have a dentist, and then you get an appointment with your dentist. Tuesday at 10 a.m., you go to the dental office. You go to the dental office on Village Road. And you have focus. You go there for a root canal. You don't go to the dentist whenever you feel like it, at any time you feel like it. You don't go to any dentist on the island. And you don't show up at a dentist's office and say, do whatever you want to do to me. No, we have appointments with dentists. Why don't we have appointments with the Lord? A time of the day we'll meet with him. A place we will meet with him. And a focus we will have with him in his word and prayer. I challenge you. 
to do that. It's a way your heart will not be troubled in this new year. You know, I'm happy to say this morning that the normal Christian life is a Holy Spirit-filled Christian life. It's not one of worrying. It's not one of being anxious. It's not one of being negative. It's not one of being pessimistic. The normal Christian life, the Spirit-filled Christian life, is not a life of fearing, not a life of unforgiving, not a life of always trying to be in control of everything, not a life of procrastinating, not a life of going it alone, and not a life of being so self-absorbed. The normal Christian life, the Holy Spirit-filled life, is not a life of being ungrateful and complaining or of having a critical spirit or of being irritable or always being unsettled and edgy. The normal Holy Spirit-filled Christian life is not a life living less than thrilled about the future. Quite the happy contrary. The normal Christian life The Holy Spirit-filled Christian life is responding to God and his word and going to the Lord in prayer rather than reacting to the situations we don't like with fear and anxiety and worry and trying to cope and handle it ourselves without God. And so together, let's remember in 2017 that it won't be about what happens to us It will be about what we do when the things happen to us. Will we go to God? Or will we frantically run around looking for answers from ourselves or other people? May we remember together in 2017 that we each can make the choice not to let our heart be troubled. And so our first point in this New Year's Highway 2017 sermon is that we have control as to whether we are troubled in our heart or not. Our second point is this. So much of not letting our hearts be troubled has to do with our outlook, our attitude, and our faith in God. Our outlook, our attitude, and our faith in God is so shaping to whether or not we are letting our hearts be troubled. After all, in the second part of this single verse, after saying, let not your heart be troubled, the Lord Jesus told them and us, believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So much of not letting our heart be troubled has to do with our outlook, has to do with our attitude, has to do with our faith in God. You may have heard of the two shoe salesmen who went to Africa years ago. They both were there the same period of time, and the first man telegraphed back to the States, I'm coming home. Nobody over here wears shoes. The second salesman telegraphed home and said, send me all the shoes you possibly can. Nobody over here wears shoes yet. So much of whether we're going to let our heart be troubled or we're not going to let our heart be troubled has to do with our outlook, has to do with our attitude, and has to do with our faith in God. You say, 
help me with that, Pastor. Well, I can help you with the Word of God on that. Usually when I greet a believer, I ask the normal question, the social question, all's well? And sometimes they get the disappointing answer from ER and the 100-acre wood, pretty good under the circumstances. When that happens, I ask the believer another question, what are you doing under them? What are you doing under the circumstances? Outlook, attitude, faith in the Lord. They'll go a very long way to helping you not let your heart be troubled. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, we read a remarkable uh, insight as to how the Savior looks upon us from the right hand of the Father. In Ephesians 2, 4 to 6, there's an amazing truth, and this is what it says, quote, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, watch it, and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are you? first day of 2017. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You're not even seated at Calvary Bible Church in the pew. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And so really, we shouldn't tell each other, keep looking up. We should tell each other, keep looking down. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Keep looking down on our circumstances. You say, Pastor, that's pretty cross-cultural, that's pretty radical. Yeah, it is. But wouldn't you want to see yourself the way God sees you? Keep looking down. Goes a long way to not letting your heart be troubled. Outlook, attitude, and faith in God. I love the daily bread. It's been a source of encouragement to me for many years. Radio Bible class. It says that Richard Fuller, who was a 19th century minister, told of an old seaman who said, in fierce storms, we must put the ship in a certain position and keep her there. Then the devotional says, this Christian is what you must do. You must put your soul in one position and keep it there. You must stay upon the Lord and come what may, winds, waves, cross seas, thunder, lightning, frowning rocks, roaring breakers. No matter what, you must hold fast your confidence in God's faithfulness and his everlasting love in Christ Jesus. End of quote. Outlook, attitude, and faith in God go a long way in helping each of us to not let our hearts be troubled. I mean, think about it. When the scaredy-cat Jews in the valley of Elah, they may have said to young shepherd boy David, who thought he was just delivering a box lunch to the battlefield, maybe they said to him, but Goliath is huge. And David may have said, yeah, he's so big I can't possibly miss him with my stone." Outlook, attitude, and faith in God. How has your outlook been in 2016, and how will it be in 17? 
How has your attitude been in 2016, and how will it be in 17? How has your faith in God been in 16, and how will it be in 17? Another example, 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Second Timothy was written by the Apostle Paul probably two to three weeks before he was beheaded for the cause of Christ. It's the last book that God used Paul to write in our New Testament. And this is what Paul said, knowing he was going to be executed just in mere days. He said in 2 Timothy 1.7, the following, God, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of discipline. But for God has not given us a spirit of timidity. By the way, it's no time for the believers in the Bahamas to be timid about our faith. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Paul's outlook, Paul's attitude, and Paul's faith in God gave him courage, even though he knew he was going to be executed in days. It was also this same outlook and attitude and faith in God which caused Paul not to let his heart be troubled with having to suffer for Christ. Even though he knew right well that he was soon facing execution. A little further along in the same book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12 this time. For he says, for this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. We can say that. We must say that if we will not let our hearts be troubled in 2017, with the Apostle Paul on death row, we can say, we must say, for this reason I also suffer these things, for I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Paul's outlook and attitude and faith in God were such that he knew he was trusting he wasn't trusting in his pharisaical pedigree. He was not trusting in his lineage as a Jew. He was not trusting in his experience as a church planner and a, and a missionary. He wasn't trusting in any of that. He was trusting in Christ. Can you do that? For this reason, he said, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. Have you been ashamed of Jesus in 2016? Where you work, where you go to school, where you transact business in your home with your unsaved spouse. This is not the year for timidity as a believer. Timidity will leave you letting your heart be troubled. Paul had the outlook, the attitude, and the faith in God that he knew who he was trusting on death row. And he was convinced that his God would successfully guard him and would successfully guard all that pertained to the inheritance Paul had in Christ. 
What was he trusting God for on death row? I think a few things the New Testament would tell us. There on death row, he was trusting God to raise up faithful men to carry on the sound doctrine that he had imparted to them. 2 Timothy 2.2. He was trusting God for grace for all the moments. Words to share the gospel right up the time of his execution. Discipline to pray in incarceration. Hope. He was trusting God for glorification. And he was trusting God for heaven. That's why he didn't have a troubled heart. And it was certainly the outlook and the attitude and the faith in God which caused the unfairly framed Daniel to become able to see God's angel's miracle of protection of him overnight in a den of lions. (laughs) Not at all being afraid of being eaten alive by the beast. I commend to you Daniel 6, 19 to 22 for an amazing account of a miracle. Bottom line is that those lions got a bad case of lockjaw overnight. Bad case of lockjaw. Let not your heart be troubled. And so much of not letting our heart be troubled has to do with our outlook, has to do with our attitude, and has to do with our faith in God. The Lord Jesus said and meant, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. To review, we've seen two, I think, helpful points from John 14.1. We've seen the point that we have control as to whether or not we are troubled in heart. And we've seen the truth that so much of not letting our hearts be troubled has to do with our outlook, our attitude, and our faith in God. Now, having reviewed the two points, let me wrap up this sermon titled Highway 2017, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, with some concrete, rubber-meets-the-road applications. These are ways that you cannot let your heart be troubled in this new year. Concrete ways. And to help you try to remember these applications, the Billy Graham Association has a training center in Asheville, North Carolina. It's called the Cove. The Cove. And I have picked four applications for us this morning that all are the acrostic C-O-V-E. Cove. You ready? C is for confidant. Rejecting a troubled heart requires having someone you can talk to about anything at any time. Of course, the Lord God is the supreme, perfect confidant. And so that's why we are to pray without ceasing. I do some of my best praying with my eyes open when I'm driving. Don't laugh about that. I pray for the drivers around me, I do, but I also pray about a host of other things when I'm driving with my eyes open. If you are going to reject a troubled heart, if you are not going to let your heart be troubled in this new year, then you better cultivate a deeper relationship with the supreme confidant who is God through prayer. Just like going to the dentist has a time, a place, and a procedure, going to the Lord in prayer regularly requires time, an appointment time, a place, and a focus. Your time in God's word will help with your focus for prayer every day. 
that C. Also involved in not letting your heart be troubled is O. O is for outlet. You don't let your heart be troubled by having an outlet, by serving God, by serving others. The people who usually have troubled hearts are just so self-absorbed, they're not involved in ministry, they only think about themselves. If you are not going to let your heart be troubled, dear friend, this morning, then you must have the outlet of Christian service. You must have an other's orientation. You must come to worship services Sunday by Sunday in 2017, not for what you will get out of it, but for what you will put into it to adore God and what you will put into it in the needs of others that are around you at church. What would happen if next Sunday we started a pattern where when we greet each other at church, we asked, how could I serve you this week? It would go a long way to not letting your heart be troubled. Cove, C is for confidant, prayer. O is for outlet, Christian service. V is for voices. You will not let your heart be troubled if you carefully filter your own voice to yourself. And if you carefully filter your friends' and family's voices spoken to you in 2017. No stinking thinking. No stinking thinking. And if you mostly hang around with believers who don't have troubled hearts, it will go a long way for you not having a troubled heart. But conversely, if you chronically are around chronic complainers who have troubled hearts and they won't take the ministry of the word of God and won't change, if you constantly hang around with that kind of Christian, your heart will get troubled. You'll get infected. Let not your heart be troubled. Pay attention to the voices in your life. You know, nobody talks to you more in a day than you do. Help friends with troubled hearts. Love them. Show them the word of God, the promises of God's word. Pray with them. But if they persist in just always having a troubled heart, there comes a time when you say in love with a smile on your face, I've shared the word with you and I'm praying for you. Let not your heart be troubled. I can't untrouble your thinking about your heart. I can't. E, cove. C, confidant, has to do with prayer. O, outlet, has to do with Christian service. V, voices, has to do with filtering your own voice to yourself in 2017 and the voices of the persons you allow into your ear. E, E is for entertainment. We need to monitor what TV we watch. Some TV troubles one's heart. We need to filter what web pages we visit and stay on. Some pages, most pages, major in idolatry and not in God's sufficiencies. We need to measure how much news we consume. Reports of the news, or a report of the news is one thing, but the endless hyped up analysis all around the news is something quite different. These 24-hour news outlets have to fill a lot of time. And they do so 
with mountain out of molehill reporting and sensationalism and conspiracy theories and biased political bias and argumentative nature and that kind of coverage of the news that only is looking for high ratings. That kind of coverage of the news stirs up my heart. It doesn't give me an untroubled heart. It gives me a troubled heart. And I think it does for some of you too. And so part of having not letting your heart be troubled in 2017 is not letting Fox News or CNN News be the background music of your home all day. Cove, ways that we can not let our hearts be troubled. C is for confidant, prayer. O is for outlet, Christian service. V is for voices, monitor your own to yourself and people around you to you. E is for entertainment, careful about television and web pages. Oh, and I forgot music. Please watch out what music you listen to. Some music doesn't soothe the soul. When I bought a car, my first car, I made a promise to God in that first car that I would not play any music in that car that didn't honor Jesus. So I had to buy a lot of back then cassette tapes. That's how old it was. Watch your music. Not all music soothes the soul. Jesus said back then, and he says this morning, let not your heart be troubled. And you know something? When enough of us let not our hearts be troubled in this assembly, it's going to be very attractive to the people outside of the assembly who have troubled hearts. Take as an illustration of this the underground church in China. The underground church in China is the fastest growing church in the world. It is estimated that the underground church in China numbers in the tens of millions. Tens of millions of born-again Chinese meet in underground churches because it is illegal to gather for a worship in China except by the state-run church, which is propaganda. And yet the church in China is growing faster than any other branch of the church in the world today. Of course... There are two obvious reasons why the Chinese church is doing what it's doing in its rapid growth and its humongous size. And first would be the working of the Holy Spirit in answer to prayer. And the second would be the power of the gospel. But a secondary reason that the Chinese church is growing as fast as it is to be as big as it is, is that Chinese Christians do not let their hearts be troubled. They don't let their hearts be troubled about having to go into some place and hiding to worship God every Lord's Day. They know that if they're caught, they at best will be arrested and at worst tortured. But they come every Sunday, tens of millions strong to churches that are out of visible sight with secret code words to let themselves into apartment buildings with a moving location every week almost for Worship. The end of a service like this, they said, next week we're meeting at such and such a location. Having a, 
an alibi, a plan by the leaders of those local assemblies that are meeting in secret, that if the police burst in to their worship service, that they have a plan for that day. Jill Briscoe, the wife of Pastor Briscoe from Milwaukee, said in, in my hearing that she was teaching the Bible in China in such a setting, and the leader before the service began said, birthday. And they all knew what that meant, but Jill Briscoe didn't know. And sure enough, the authorities came to the room and knocked and barged in with guns. And they went to the closet before the door opened and they put a birthday cake on the table. And so when the authorities came in, there was a birthday, not a church. Holy Spirit blessing of prayer and a powerful gospel has caused the church in China to grow as rapidly and as large as it has grown. But you know what else has done? The attractiveness of Chinese born-again Christians who do not let their hearts be troubled. Stephen Fu, who we came to know and love here, told me that the thing that marked his growing up years in China was that nobody loved anybody. It was cutthroat. No one helped anybody because you were trying to get one leg up on the other person. And what attracted him to the faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior was the love that Christians had here. Stephen told me that the average Chinese person in China without Jesus Christ is so driven, so pressured, so stressed out, and without any meaning in life, without God in an atheistic country, that they want to kill themselves. Most of his friends wanted to kill themselves. So when Chinese people meet, Chinese Christians who meet in secret, Lord's Day by Lord's Day, and they sense their hearts are not troubled, you think it's attractive? Let not your heart be troubled. You and I are going to meet people in 2017 who have desperately troubled hearts in the Bahamas. May they see that our hearts are not troubled because of Jesus. Cove. C is for confidant, pray. O is for outlet, get involved in serving Jesus Christ in a ministry. V is for voices, be careful what you tell yourself and be careful what you let other people tell you. E is for entertainment, television, web pages, music, news. Filter them. Beth and I sincerely and lovingly and prayerfully wish you and your homes a very blessed 2017. Knowing that as we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he will shed on our way. When we do his goodwill, he abides with us still in all who will trust and obey. I leave you with this thought. I believe it was from the British royalty some years ago that this poem was read in the uh, Royal Monarch's annual Christmas address. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than the known way. Let us pray. 
Lord, we thank and praise you for this time in your word. And that we can, in fact, live without troubled hearts. If that has become a habit to have a troubled heart for us, we repent. And we want to be different. We want to see that you can give us control about whether our hearts are troubled or not. May our outlooks, may our attitudes, and may our faith in you prevent us from having troubled hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen.